Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana, and I feel like I should start this podcast by just giving you a warning. <laughs> it's like, I don't know where this one's going to go. My head might explode when we talk about the topic that I'm going to address today. You might hear this conscious relationship coach lose his mind and scream and yell and go off the deep end. I, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth in this moment. I just might lose it because we are talking about attachment styles today. Okay. And this is an issue that is at the heart of my individual life and my own journey. It's certainly at the heart of all of my books and video courses, and it's touched on in one way, shape, or form in so many of my podcasts. Attachment issues are central to what I stand for. And yet, we're going to talk about this issue, and I'm going to present to you and for you to evaluate and for you to think about people that don't see it my way. Okay? Um, I'm going to share some things with you today, and that's where my head might explode because I'm going to read from their books that they are very pro-attachment. They, um, they have a perspective that I could not disagree with more. But because this attachment style issue is so, it's so much in the public discussion right now, this is the new catchphrase, right? It's all about attachment styles. You'll hear it on TV talk shows. There's books being written. People are using this language all the time. So it is such a big issue that I kind of felt like I'm sort of, I sort of have a gaping hole in my podcast because I've never spoken directly about attachment styles and I'm going to do it today. Now, what I recognize is that I have, without using the phrase attachment styles, been speaking about attachment styles in almost every episode in one way or another, right? When I talk about the relationship groundhog day syndrome, right? You know, the tendency to attract the same types of partners and then you have the same patterns and the same problems and the same pain over and over again, like that movie Groundhog Day, that is rooted in attachment theory. It happens because of attachment styles, okay? You know, I talk frequently about the law of attraction. I make the point that the law of attraction is real, and that should scare the hell out of you. Because the law of attraction is a law 
which means it's always operating. You don't choose to use it or not use it any more than you choose to use the law of gravity or not, right? So the law of attraction is true. It is real. It is operating, but it can work for you or against you. And it can work against you when we talk about that, what I'm really talking about without using the phrase are attachment styles. Because the law of attraction says like attracts like. So if you have anything else other than the secure attachment style, you're going to attract a person who also doesn't have a secure attraction attachment style. It's the law of attraction. Like attracts like. You're going to attract someone who has an opposite attachment style of you, but it's equally unhealthy. That's my point. Okay? If you do the work that I point to in all my podcasts and work, you know, if you in my books and so forth, if you do the work on yourself that I'm always in pushing you to get involved in and to commit to, then you can begin to transcend these unhealthy attachment styles and have a more secure attachment style. And when you have a secure attachment style, now the law of attraction works for you. Because if you have a true a, a, a secure attachment style, you will only attract another secure attachment style. Okay? So... I could name a number of different topics that I talk about on this podcast that are actually about attachment styles, but I've never formally talked about them. I've never used this phraseology. And so I'm going to do that today. And I think it's going to be a fascinating discussion. Um, I, I, I am going to bring up points of view from, from people in the world that don't hold my perspective on attachment styles. There are people and there are some pretty successful books out on the market that um, promote attachment styles and think that they're a, a kind of a good thing, that they aren't something to be transcended. They are just something to recognize that you have and then you have to find a way to work with it and find a partner who can complement it and compensate for it. Okay, so I'm going to read a couple of sections, a, a couple of quotes just to give you some evidence of this and I'm going to present my point of view and hopefully I won't lose my mind and start yelling and just lose my shit here on my own podcast <laughs> because um, you know I, you're going to hear that I disagree completely with some of the perspectives that are out there in the world. But hey, we got to talk about these things because you're hearing about them. You're hearing about them from everywhere. All right. So where do we begin? Well, let's just begin. Let me let me define what these styles are. And as I do, you might be able to just quickly identify where you might lean on this. All right. Now, I already said a little bit about this. Um, 
the secure attachment style is the healthy style. It's like you're comfortable with intimacy. You're not threatened by it in terms of you don't feel like you might get smothered or you'll lose your independence, but nor are you desperate for it, feeling like your life is not complete without a partner, that you you have to have someone that's loving you, that is wanting you, that is desiring you, that is seeking you and paying attention to you, right? So the secure style is this person that can be warm and loving and present kind of in any relationship situation or status, right? When they're single, they're like, yeah, I would love to be with a great partner, but I'm, I'm good. I'm not, I'm not desperate, but nor am I avoiding a relationship, nor am I afraid of, you know, being dominated or overpowered or losing my autonomy or my freedom, right? So that's the secure style. Now, this, this book that I'm going to reference that I'm I'm going to take to task. The book's name, and this was recommended, a client of mine is the one that mentioned it. And I decided to go ahead and pick it up. And I wondered if I would like what it had to say or not. But um, the book is called Attached. That's the title, Attached. And it's written by two uh, medical you know, people. They're not spiritual people. They're not into consciousness or mindfulness in any way that I can tell from the book. Um, a person named Levine and Heller. Okay. Now on the top of the book, it says it sold 2 million copies, which means it is an unbelievably successful and popular book. Okay. Now in their book, they say that 50% of the population is the secure attachment style. And that's the first time my head wanted to explode. <laughs> That makes absolutely no sense because if half of the population were in this evolved, you know, grounded, healthy place, the world would not be so fucked up like it is. Okay. So the idea that half the people have these healthy relationships uh, of dependence and independence and their availability for love and their ability to handle conflict and drama and to not be triggered and reactive because trust me here, whenever you get triggered, if you dig deep enough, you're going to realize that you get triggered because your attachment style is being triggered. In other words, if, if you have an avoidance style, okay, which means you sort of fear commitment. You fear intimacy. You might want a partner, but there's a part of you that says, man, I'm going to lose my autonomy. I'm going to lose control of my life. I'm going to have to give up my freedom. You know, I'm going to have, you know, they're going to be the old, they're, they're the old ball and chain. Okay. I, 
I can't spend my money the way I want. I can't arrange my house the way I want. I can't live the way I want. I can't keep my schedule the way I want. I can't go do things with my friends or engage with my hobbies. A relationship is going to confine me in some way. It's going to smother me. It's going to hinder my freedom. Follow me? So if you have that style, very often when you're triggered in relationship, it's because that's what's being triggered. Somebody's getting too close. Somebody's asking more of you than you want to give. Somebody is seeming to trap you or to ask you to give up your freedom. Okay? So once you understand your attachment style, you'll begin to understand what triggers you because you are defending this belief that a relationship means the loss of self. And so anytime anybody intrudes on you, you're going to get triggered. But the opposite is true. The anxious style is the style that can't even relate to anything I just said. They do not fear a relationship. They fear not having one. They feel naked in the world without a partner. They feel like an untethered helium balloon that they just are floating around through life. They need to attach. This is the needy side of the equation, the clingy side the desperate side, the side that tries too hard, the side that comes on too strong, the side that might move a relationship way too quickly because there is this need to be loved. There's this need to be wanted. And anytime that person feels like they're not getting the love that they need, they're going to get triggered. Anytime someone feels like they're pulling away or is unresponsive or isn't reaching out to them as often as they think or isn't as responsive or isn't meeting their expectations, they get triggered. Okay? So don't misunderstand what I'm saying about attachment theory. These are very valuable ways to think about ourselves. It it just comes down to How do we think about them and what implications do we draw, right? So, but this is important. You just will know your basic category of trigger. That if you're like I was, like I was an anxious attachment style. I mean, my first book was about relationship addiction, for God's sakes. And it was a memoir. So I was telling you the story of of the drama that I caused in my relationships because I couldn't be alone because I, 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 was, I was, it's like a woman was like a drink with legs, right? I, there was an addiction type of thing. Like I needed to be in a relationship. And I've shared before with you that from the age of 16 to 46, I had four significant long-term relationships, but I was never single for even one day in those 30 years. Okay, I could not be alone. If one relationship was ending, I already had another one right there. So I call it the Tarzan syndrome. Right? Tarzan swings through the jungle from from one vine to another. He doesn't let go of one vine until he's already got another one to hold on to. 
right? Otherwise, he falls to his death. Well, that was me. A classic anxious attachment style. And I would get triggered when I felt a woman wasn't interested or didn't love me or perhaps was flirting with someone else, right? It would bring up all of my anxiety about being alone, being dumped. I had an incredible fear of rejection. Incredible, right? Everybody can have some fear of rejection, but it's the anxious avoidance style that has the most because to get rejected is to, it's to be without love. It's to, it means that you're not wanted. It's like, it's just the worst possible thing. The avoidance style isn't that triggered by rejection. I mean, nobody likes to ask someone out and then the person says no. And I mean, nobody enjoys that. Oh, God, I can't wait to ask someone out on a Friday night and get rejected. I just love that feeling. Okay, no one's like that. But the avoidant side, they don't take it as personal because there's a part of them that says, I'm kind of afraid of this relationship going anywhere anyway. Right? I might want to hook up. I might like some company. I might like to have someone to talk to. But, you know, it's the avoidant style that once a relationship starts moving and we're becoming boyfriend, girlfriend, that they begin to feel, oh boy, oh boy. And the avoidance style are the ones that are always finding something wrong with their partner or with the relationship because they're looking for a way out. They're looking for an exit. So the avoidance styles are the ones who are so picky about who they want to be in a relationship with and what the relationship is supposed to be like. If you are really picky, if your friends tell you, man, I mean, you got standards out the wazoo, I think you might be a little picky. It's because you have an avoidant style. It just gives you an excuse. Because when that relationship is getting closer and closer and closer, you're becoming more frightened and more frightened and more frightened. Okay? So right there, is an important learning to pay attention to what triggers you, what scares you. Because here's the thing, both of the anxious and the avoidant styles come from fear. That's why they need to be transcended. That's why when I read a book like Attached and they basically say, this is your style, and, and yeah, you can grow a little bit, but, but what you want is to find a person who can understand it and you can work with each other and you can compensate and so forth. They're not looking you in the eye in this book saying you need to transcend your anxious attachment style and you need to transcend your avoidance style because they really don't see these things as, well, I don't want to say they're pathological. That is such a nasty word. But they don't see them as unhealthy. They say that in the book. They're not unhealthy. And I'm like, hell yes, they are, because they're motivated by fear. Fear isn't healthy. It's normal. It's understandable. We all 
have fear coursing through our veins. If you don't, then you're the, the secure attachment style. You are an evolved being. You are a high being. You are a transcendent being. So not only do I not think that 50% of the population is secure. <laughs> God, it makes me laugh. I would say it's closer to 1%. Okay? 1% to 5%, and I'm being generous. Okay? Um, there's no way it's more than 5%. Most of us have some fear. And the way to view these attachment styles of anxious and avoidant is on a spectrum right? You can be so incredibly on the anxious side that you would do bizarre things to control a relationship, to maintain a relationship, right? Wasn't that Lorena Bobbitt cut off her man's penis because she thought he might be cheating or something? Okay. I would say she was a little on the the anxious side. There was a story of some woman, I think she was an astronaut and She drove from Houston to Florida to confront her boyfriend who she thought was cheating with someone when he was in Florida. She was so intent to get there that she wore a diaper in the car so that she wouldn't have to stop. She drove all the way across the country to attack him and and it really went bad. Okay, that would be pretty far on the anxious side. (laughs) Okay, and then... You've got the avoidance side. And when you're really on the avoidance side, you know, you are so wrapped up in your work and your career that you don't have any time for a relationship. You you don't want an intimate relationship. You probably don't even have many friends. But you're, you know, it's the Hugh Hefner type, the the perennial bachelor, right? The, the person is just, you know, I'm just never going to settle down. Okay. Now, neither one of these things are, they're not bad per se. They're, 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 they're just fear showing up in our lives, but they aren't healthy. So there's this spectrum of the wildly attain, uh, uh, anxious and the wildly avoidant, but most of us are probably somewhere along that spectrum. Maybe we're a little on the, attack, the, the anxious side, a little on the avoidant side. We're, we're not really pathological uh, on the extremes, okay? But we're also not in that secure place. We're not in that place where we are so trusting life that we're okay if we're with somebody, we're okay if we're not. I'm not afraid of rejection. I'm not afraid of commitment. I'm just completely open to what is and and I can respond and communicate without fear. I, I don't try to withhold anything to control how people think of me. It's very easy for me to be honest and authentic. It's, it's okay with me if I express who I am and a person walks away from me on a date because they they can't believe I have that opinion or that I I want this or I stand for this, right? There's... There's not many people who are that free, is what I'm saying. So maybe 5%. Now, in the book, they say that 25% are avoidant and only 20% are anxious. 
They actually think that in society, there are less anxious styles than any other style. And that just makes me laugh too. Um, just ridiculous. I mean, we are obsessed about relationship. I mean, listen to any song on the radio. It's about love and relationships. Almost 90% of them. Country music songs. Rhythm and blues. The pop stuff. It, it's, it's all about relationship. The most popular movies are the romantic comedies and the relationship movies. Right? I mean, I don't know how they can say in this book that only 20% of the population feels a little needy and, and is a, feels a little lonely and it really wants to find a partner. I, I don't know how they they think more people are wanting to be alone and that are afraid of being with someone. I, it just blows my mind, okay? So um, those are their numbers. And I think they're completely not only wrong, but they are wildly wrong. I mean, I, so I think there's a pretty equal balance between the anxious and avoidance. And I would say it's, you know, 47% of each. And then you got two, two and a half percent on each side for 5% that are secure. So now I'm very mindful that in my job, I don't, I don't have clients that, that come to me as secure, right? Because you would never hire a coach if you were in the secure style. You would never be listening to this podcast. You would never buy a relationship book. Like if you bought that book attached, you don't have an, a secure attachment style. You would have no interest. It, it, it wouldn't mean anything to you. Because you move in relationships so easily and so without drama and without fear that hiring a coach or listening to this podcast or reading a relationship book wouldn't make any sense, right? So I realized that the people I deal with are either anxious or avoidant, and that can color my opinion in terms of how it breaks down in society, <laughs> So I recognize that I could be wrong, but I don't really think I am. But either way, it doesn't really matter. We're going to talk about these things. But the main thing to hear here is that it is fear. It is fear that's driving your attachment style. It's either the fear of being alone, the fear of dying alone, the fear of not finding someone, the fear of not being loved, the fear of not connecting, the fear of not having a family. Or it is the fear of being smothered or controlled, the fear of losing your freedom. Okay? And I believe what the spiritual path is, is to identify where you are scared, where you are afraid, and transcend that. Because as long as fear is living in and through us, we are not free. We are not free to be present with what is. We are not free to respond consciously. We are not free to live our dreams. We are not free to be ourselves. We are not free to engage with life. Fear, when it's in us, controls us and makes us do unbelievably crazy things at times. 
right? When you have the fear of being alone, look what it does to the ancient attachment style. Look at what I've done in my life. I, I, I went from one relationship to another, right? I would stay in relationships longer than I should have until I had somewhere else to land. I would overlook red flags because I needed to be in a relationship. See, I mean, I would recycle with former lovers trying to make myself believe, oh, maybe next time, it'll, this time it'll be different because anything was better than being alone. So when you have this anxious attachment style, you're going to do nutty things. You're going to come on too strong. You're going to try too hard. You're going to move a relationship too quickly, right? You know this. You are either that type or you've dated people that are like that. It's like, oh my God, they said, I love you on the second date. Scared the hell out of me. Yeah, probably should have. They're coming on too strong. They're pushy. They're 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 wanting to go exclusive before we even really get to know each other. They're wanting to pull profiles down, you know, because they just don't like the idea of of of, of maybe I would see somebody else. I'm like, whoa, our relationship isn't that developed yet, pal. Relax, right? So we either have the the anxious style or we have bumped into it, and it's it's nothing to accept. I mean, it's, it's nothing to say, well, this is just my style. It's just my style. It's just the way I am, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's the, the way you are, but that doesn't mean you're, you're not supposed to grow out of it. That'd be like a five-year-old, you know, eating mac and cheese and cereal all the time and playing with toys and in the sandbox and so, well, this is just the way I am. I'm always going to play in the sandbox and I'm always going to be, you know, eating mac and cheese and cereal and and playing with Tonka trucks and Barbie dolls. Well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you that doing that when you're five, but we're supposed to grow and there's a good chance you won't be playing with model trucks and Barbie dolls or something. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> you get my point, right? We're supposed to grow. That's one of the dangers of this attachment stuff. Is people start to make it an identity. Well, I just, well, I, you know, I just have that avoidance style. That's it. It's just the way it is. Can't do anything about it. You know, I just, uh, I'm just going to go through one relationship after another because after about six months, ah, I start getting wiggy. When they start talking about getting married or moving in together, uh, that's it. I'm out. Right? I'm just going to do that forever. No, you don't have to. You can let go of your fear of being smothered. You can let go of your fear of being alone, which will allow you to relate authentically and, and, and have a, a kind of freedom. So even though you might have a style, don't, don't play victim to it. Don't, don't act like, well, I'm just stuck with this. And, and then I just got to find someone who understands it and is willing to shower their love and attention on me all the time so I never feel anxious or I need to find someone who respects my privacy and my need for freedom and just gives me all the space that I need, right? Because that's, that's kind of what this book is getting at. That's why I just disagree with it so much. It, 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 it says you can grow through your, your, your styles, but 
basically it's it's telling you that you need to know your style, you need to find out anybody else's style, and then you just need to see if you can be in relationship and sort of create a satisfying dynamic. And a satisfying dynamic is code for we need to find a way to compensate for it. You need to love me according to my attachment style. You, you know, this is, and so in some sense here, this gets into the love languages thing. Because I got the same problem with the love languages. Yeah, we all have a love language. But if you, if you say I've got this love language and I have to find a partner who will love me according to my love language because they are responsible for making me feel loved. And so they have to they have to love me in the way I need it. So then you're creating dependency. You're creating an expectation. You're giving your partner a job description. Hey, you have to love me exactly the way I need to be loved. And, and I need to be loved. And it's your job to make me feel loved. And I just think that's a that doesn't work. And the avoidant thing, right? You you just got to find someone who, who will just not ask much of you, who will go really slow in relationship or someone who just um, maybe they'll want to be committed like Mary, but we won't have to live together. We won't want, we don't have to, uh, you know, even share the same bed, right? We can live in separate places. So I can just maintain my freedom because I'm so afraid of being smothered. I have to find a partner who will just compensate for that and just never ask too much of me, never demand anything of me, never want to spend too much time with me, never want any commitment out of me, right? So you're you're asking for codependence. I need you to love me and be in relationship with me in a way that allows me to stay trapped in my fears. Right? So this attachment theory and even the love languages thing, when they're understood in the ways I'm describing them, it creates codependence. And codependence always leads to drama. It, it, it can't but otherwise, because your partner is human. If there is one phrase that sums up what I've discovered, and not only me, but pretty much everybody that pays attention to conscious, mindful relationships, is that life partners make lousy life sources. And that's what the attachment book is about. It really is espousing the you complete me mindset. It is actually saying that that's the proper thing. Here's one of my problems with this book. They do describe where these attachment styles come from, and they're right about it. If you grow up in a home where love is given in a healthy way and there's real authentic bonding with your parents, but yet you you are given freedom to explore, in other words, your, your holding environment is very secure and very available, 
but yet you are not smothered. You're able to kind of spread your wings and do your things, right? Then you develop up, you come out of, you come out of your childhood with a, a secure attachment style. But if you get raised in a, in a home where you, the, your, your primary caregivers are distant or addicted or somehow abandoning, they're not there for you. You, you don't feel loved and cared for and seen and taken care of. Then you grow up with this anxiety around attachment and you're going to be seeking attachment to sort of make up for what you didn't get in your childhood. Okay. But sometimes you grow up in a home where your parents are over controlling and smothering and dominating and you don't get to make your own decisions and explore things on your own and have your own feelings and all that kind of, you are, you are kind of, yeah, smothered is the best word. And so you grow up, ooh, relationships, uh, you know, I got to avoid them because my, my experience in them is I get smothered, I get controlled, I get limited and so forth, right? So that's, that's where these things come from. And in the books and so forth, they're, they're right. That is where they come from. Except now what do you do with it? And that's where we part ways. Let me, let me read you a couple things from this, from this book. Um, let me read you, read you a couple things. Um, this is at the end. And I'm not going to spend much time on this because I don't want to waste too much time telling you this. But again, I think it's important that we have an honest conversation about the different perspectives out there so that you can sort of choose the path you want to go because this is very important. How you feel about your attachment style is going to really control and what you do about it is going to determine the course of your love life. I believe if you take the advice from this book attached, you're going to ruin your love life. And I believe if you if you follow the path that that I'm talking about or that any conscious spiritual relationship teacher does, you give yourself the possibility for something healthy and something lasting. Okay. So here's just, here's, here's one, one thing from the end of uh, chapter one, I I believe it is. Um, In the following chapters, you'll learn more about each of the three adult attachment styles and about the ways in which they determine your behavior and attitudes in romantic situations. Fine, that's exactly true. Past failures will be seen in a new light, and your motives, as well as the motives of others, will become clearer. True, absolutely. But here we go. You'll learn what your needs are and who you should be with in order to be happy in a relationship. Oh my God, I can't believe they actually wrote that in print and they got away with it. This book says you're going to learn what your needs are and who you should be with in order to be happy in a relationship. So what they're saying is you need to find the right person that can make you happy. That That's what's going on. Is They're saying... Codependence really is the way. And by the way, 
Chapter two in their book is called Dependency is Not a Bad Word. Okay? There you go. That Now you know why I think the book is trash. <laughs> so codependency is not a bad word. Well, it, it, in my world and God, in almost anybody's world, dependency is a bad word. Because one of the things they do in this book, I, I told you I was going to rant, okay? Um, they talk about all the studies on children, okay? And they talk about this, the children that when they're really little, you go to a daycare center. If mommy leaves the room, some kids go bananas. They, they lose it. I can't be away from mommy. I can't be away from mommy. That's the anxious style. Other kids, mommy leaves the room and, and they're just whatever. Mommy comes back, doesn't even notice. Oh, there's the avoidance style. They take that and they basically say, we as adults are the same way and we're supposed to be the same way. In other words, they use the studies on children and they, they superimpose them onto adults. And what they're basically saying is, we never grow up. We're not supposed to grow up. You're not supposed to have your partner go off to work and you're okay. <laughs> so it's just, it's just bizarre. Um, let me read you one more, one more sentence. This is from the chapter on dependency is not a bad word. It's page 25 if you want to find it. Um, the basic premise underlying this book. Oh, no. Here's the, I, I forgot. What they're saying here is they're, they're making fun, basically, of my position and any other spiritual teacher's position. They're making fun of the people that think dependency is a bad word. Okay, so here's how they summarize it. The basic premise underlying their point of view is that the ideal relationship is one between two self-sufficient people who unite in a mature, respectful way while maintaining clear boundaries. They take issue with that. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. I'm not exaggerating. They are making fun of that. They are saying that that is not the way it's supposed to be. That's not even the ideal. They're not arguing that nobody relates like that. They're saying nobody should try. And they go through a bunch of biology from our ancestors and then all these studies on children to show that people aren't like that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'm not like I was when I was three. Jesus, are you kidding me? Let me read it to you again. I, I can't. I just can't believe it. My head's going to explode. The basic premise underlying this point of view, the people that think codependency is bad, is that the ideal relationship is one between two self-sufficient people who unite in a mature, respectful way while maintaining clear boundaries. I'm sorry. That is exactly what we're after. I hope you agree with that. You probably should find another podcast if you don't, because I'm going to keep moving all of us in that direction. Let's work on being self-sufficient people. What does that mean? You're not going to be responsible to meet my needs. You're not going to be held responsible to make me feel love or to protect my need for freedom. That's my work. I'm working on my own self-sufficiency. I don't believe in the you complete me mindset. 
I am complete. I want to recognize my completeness. I don't want to live from fear. Fear of being alone or fear of being smothered. I want to be a self-sufficient person and then unite in a mature, respectful way as we maintain clear boundaries. This is me. That is you. I want this. You want that. Let's find a way for to create win-win. My God, I cannot believe they actually think that's the wrong way to relate. But they do. All right, so, okay, I'll stop. You're like, Roy, stop. All right, I get it. All right. So I, I hear your feedback. I just cosmically, I can pick up on you telling me to move on. All right, so where do we go with this? Well, I don't, I don't think there's any place else to go than this. You, you have two choices because you do have an attachment style. Okay, don't, don't bother saying that you have the secure thing. Don't. You know, at least admit that you're a little on one side or the other. And if you don't think you're on one side or the other, ask a few of your friends. They'll tell you. Because we can lie to ourselves, right? We can believe things about ourselves that are ridiculous. But if you ask your friends, and if they know what the anxious style is and the avoidance style is, they're going to say, oh, yeah, well, you're kind of on that side, right? Now, I'm here to tell you, you're probably not on the extreme of either one. If the secure attachment style is very rare, then being extremely anxious or extremely avoidant is also very rare, right? You're probably somewhere along the middle of the spectrum, kind of on the anxious side like I was, or kind of on the avoidant side like, frankly, my wife was, okay? We'll get to that in a minute. Opposites attract people. <laughs> so, um, so you, here's your choice. You, you do have an attachment style. It's what are you going to do with that? And there's only two choices. It is black and white. Okay. It is, it is as simplistic as it sounds. You only have two choices with your attachment style. Your you, you either have to say, I want to find a partner who will devote their life to interacting with me in a way that doesn't threaten my attachment style. In other words, I need to find someone who understands me and who will devote their lives to not trigger me. To, to, if I've got the avoidant, they will, they will be the type of partner that will never get too close to me. They will maintain a healthy distance in this intimacy. They will never ask too much. They will not want to get too close. They won't want to know how, how I'm really feeling. They won't press me for what's going on with me, what I want. They, they will just really just grant me physical and emotional freedom. Okay. So either you're going to try to find a partner like that, or if you've got the anxious style, you are going to try to find a partner who is going to devote their lives to doing gestures day in and day out, day out, on and on and on, just gesture after gesture after gesture to keep you from ever feeling triggered 
and alone. They will devote themselves to making sure that you never feel rejection, that you never feel unloved, so that when you send a text, they will respond immediately and always because they know if they don't, if they're busy doing something, if they're in the middle of a project and they don't get to their phone, they know you're going to lose your mind. Do you not love me anymore? Where'd you go? Why aren't you responding? I thought that if men really loved women, they would respond immediately, right? So you have to find a partner who understands your anxiety and says, I am willing to make my life be about keeping you from feeling anxious. That's the one option. You're either going to say, I'm going to find a partner who will, quote, understand me and do everything they possibly can and more to see that I get what I need, my freedom or my attachment, my love. Okay? That's that's the one option. The other option is you're going to deal with your own attachment issue and transcend it so that you don't need to have any expectations of your partner. You don't, you don't need, you won't need to make demands for your freedom demands for, for connection. In other words, you're either going to work toward being secure within yourself, or you are going to have to find a partner who is willing to be codependent with you. Those are the only two options you got. Now, I'm here to tell you, you've been trying option number one. You have been trying to find a partner who will meet your emotional needs. What are your emotional needs? Well, it's either for freedom, if you're avoidant, or it's for connection, if you're anxious. And you have believed, because the whole world tells you, even these fucking books tell you, that the purpose of a relationship is to meet each other's emotional needs. And it sounds wonderful. It sounds romantic. It's just fucking impossible. Life partners make lousy life sources. It just doesn't work. In my book, I say something like, doing that is like trying to paint your house with a hammer. I mean, you could do it. Oh my God, it's going to be frustrating. It'll take forever. It's just not going to work. Life partners are lousy life sources. They are not the tool for that job. And you're going to create drama because either your partner is not going to pay you enough attention when you want it, when you need it, they're not going to be there for you and you're going to feel all this anxiety and you're going to get mad at them. Why aren't you, you're, you're not here for me anymore like you used to be. Or your partner is going to get in your face too much. They're going to want too much of you. They're going to start getting too close. Hey, listen, this relationship started out where, you know, you didn't, you didn't push too hard. You didn't want to spend that much time with me. Now it's like, you know, you, you kind of want to spend time with me all the time. Huh? Like back off, right? So you're going to get in drama. If you follow the principles in this book attached or the principles being taught to you by every conventional relationship source in the world today, it just doesn't work. And you've been trying it. I know I tried it and it just creates drama, division, getting dumped, divorced, disappointment, because again, 
Life, po- life partners are lousy life sources. They're great life partners. But when you want them to be the source, the one who's going to that's going to alleviate your fear. They're, they're going to make you not afraid. I'm afraid of being alone. Well, they'll be there for you. I'm afraid of getting smothered. Well, they won't get too close. It just, it just doesn't don't work. The only option if you want to be happy is to do your own work and become, become secure. And that means transcending your fear. That's all it means. You have to you you have to find the connection that you already have with life that you are not alone not ever You have to find a relationship with yourself with your own experience the intimacy of the present moment You have to find the completeness and the beauty and the intimacy that's already here And the more you feel that in your bones You'll be able to show up in relationship without being needy, without being demanding, without trying too hard, without coming on too strong. And you'll be able to relax when you don't have a physical partner. Be able to live your life and enjoy your life and trust that if you're supposed to meet someone, you will. And if you've got that, the the avoidance style, you You have to transcend that fear that a relationship means I lose. You have to really examine the truth behind that. I know that you learned that from your childhood. I was in relationship when I was a kid and I lost. I was smothered and dominated. I could never think for myself, do my own thing. And you think that to be in a relationship now means that. It means you're going to have a ball and chain. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. See, what is fear, right? Isn't there that old anacronym, whatever? Fear is um, something like um, fear is ex- ex- fear of living, uh, is, fear is something not real. I don't know. I forget. It, it's F-E-A-R. Fear is uh, something appearing real. Uh, false. Uh, that's it. F- sorry. This is what happens when you don't edit. Fear is false evidence appearing real. That's what fear is. If you have the fear of, your, of being smothered, well, it's false evidence. I mean, you have evidence, but it's not real. You can be in a relationship and be free. I'm in a relationship with my wife. I can do anything I want. And she can do anything she wants. In fact, we have an agreement that neither one of us should ever limit who we are and how we want to express ourselves and who we want to be in the world because of the other person. Oh my God, if my being with my wife is limiting her from who she wants to be in the world, then she has to get rid of me and vice versa. But we actually encourage each other toward our full expression. That's why I'm with her because she wants me to be who I am in the world. She ain't no ball and chain and neither am I to her. But for the avoidant, for the anxious style, it's also false evidence appearing real. The false evidence is I can't be alone. I'm, I'm, I'm separate. I'm disconnected. You know, I'm lonely. I, I don't have love in my life. That, that, 
it appears real, but it's not. You are not alone. You are not separate. You are love and you are connected to this one life, right? So the work has to be identifying your fear, the fear of being alone or fear of being disconnected or the fear of being smothered or controlled. And you got to deal with that. If you bring that into a relationship and if you unconsciously are thinking your partner is supposed to compensate for it and not push that button, don't you push my avoidant button. Don't you get too close. Don't you push my anxious thing. Don't you ignore me. Don't you, don't, don't you dare not respond to my text immediately. You're just going to go at it. And then I'll just wrap up by saying the obvious. And the obvious is God hates you. <laughs> because for some reason, he made these two types attract each other. <laughs> Have you noticed how the, uh, the anxious person gets attracted to the avoidant person and vice versa? Have you noticed that? Why is that? No, it's because actually God loves you. It's because the universe wants you to grow. Do you know how you grow? By getting your damn buttons pushed. By finding a partner who cannot and will not help you compensate for your shit. The way you grow is by being with someone who triggers you. The way you grow is by having your buttons pushed. And then you can face it. Say, oh my God, I'm clingy. Oh my God, I'm scared of getting too close. Aren't we perfect for each other? Yes, you actually are perfect for each other. Because there is a growth that can happen, not by meeting each other's needs, but by simply being present with them, smiling with them. Enjoying them, loving them, sharing them, but not expecting anyone to do anything for them. The journey of the avoidant is to find the freedom they already are. You don't have to protect your freedom or get freedom or to keep someone from taking it. You are already free and it can't be touched. You have to find the freedom of consciousness that you already are. And if you're the anxious person, you need to discover the love that you already are. You don't have to find it. You don't have to get it. You don't have to protect it. You don't have to seek it. It's who you already are. It's already here. So when the anxious person really begins to know they are love and they are, there is no separation that they are connected. Then they can be in relationship without clinging, without neediness. You are secure. And the avoidant people that, that recognize I am already free. A relationship can't take it from me. A relationship can't touch it. Then they can really engage in a relationship. They can really be there. They can let a partner get close. The anxious person can let a partner go away or, quote, not be there for them every second of the day. You see the freedom that comes there for both people? Now we can be together without expectation, without demand, 
without giving each other a damn job description. That's there for you. What do I do as a coach? I help you find that. I don't help you find a partner. Right? That's life's job. What I can help you with is finding freedom from your fear, your anxious style, or your avoidance style. So the only question is, are you going to continue doing what everybody else tells you to do, which is just find the right partner? Right? That's what I was saying. I just, I got to find the right partner. What does that mean? If you're anxious, it means I got to find someone who will always be there for me. Good luck. If you're avoidant, I got to find someone who just, just is not going to get too close. It's going to give me my space emotionally and physically. Good luck. So you got to choose which way you want to go. You want to go that way? Go for it. You need more suffering, evidently. You need more drama until you recognize that ain't going to work. You will not find a person who can do it because life partners make life, uh, life partners make lousy life sources and you have to learn that yourself. But if you have learned it, if you get what I'm saying, but yet you don't know what to do with your anxious or avoidant style, that's what I'm here for. Just reach out to me. Roy at coachingwithroy.com. My cell phone number is 407-687-3387. So that is a little bit about attachment styles and how to transcend them. And I hope to hear from you soon on that. But until next week, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.